one thing I realized is when we do our little chat, because we don't release the podcast like in a certain order, sometimes it can be wildly out of date. Oh, in terms of like what you're, what you're bantering about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do we, do we want to date this? So maybe maybe we have to like talk about something that's very... Uh, non-topical. Non-topical. But I do think... Uh, did, you, did you hear the latest Trump gossip? Oh, about the Stormy thing Daniels. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and uh, he asked her to... Oh, I can't even say it. It's so disgusting. Spank Slap him, him on the ass with a Forbes magazine. <laughs> yeah. Was, was he on the cover? Like, what? why that one? Like, why Forbes? Because, because it was uh, him, Ivanka was on the cover. It was him, <laughs> one of his sons, uh, uh, and Ivanka. That's gross. Oh, and wait, he actually? To- and he had told the uh, Stormy Daniels that uh, she reminded him of Ivanka. I heard that. That's also disgusting. But hold on. You're saying that actually on the cover or in the issue? No, on the cover. No, on was, the cover. Was him... I think it was uh, Don Jr. and Ivanka. Oh, God. Okay. And why is why is that not making the headlines? Just that he got slapped in the butt with a Forbes magazine is hitting the headlines. But... Well, like, it, it's like you got the government shut down. You've got the, the NRA being implicated in the... The shutdown's been averted. Thing. Well, oh, at fuck. least by the house. Okay, well. But see, this is going to get dated because when we do release it, it's going to turn out like Trump got some, I don't know, bearded lady to double peg him or something. So we're going to look back at this. <laughs> I know. I think. Like, oh, like a little spanking. That was. That's nothing. That was nothing. Right. That was definitely nothing. Oh my nothing. god. Escape from Plan A. The young people are looking to follow your road to success. Your advice is whatever you do, don't date a career. Oh, okay. I try to be open-minded about things, right? But well, I'm racist. You know, for me, I've given this shot. Hi, this is the Escape from Plan A podcast, the podcast for Plan A magazine. I am Oxford here with Philip and Mark. Hey guys. Uh, so today, this episode is going to be another part in something we did before, which is this kind of like little series we're doing just on like Asian guys and dating. And so this time we want to address this topic of do Asian guys take Asian girls for granted? Because I think we do talk a lot about uh, like, you know, Asian girls, they like, they idealize the uh, white guys and all that. Uh, but there's always this other side that doesn't get examined as much, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. do Asian guys do it or maybe they don't do it as, as much. And I think that's a topic worth considering. What about, what do you guys think? Go ahead. Uh, Mark here. Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely a strain or um, a small population of Asian men and it's more evident on in the online spaces, but I, I've certainly met some in real life as well who are sort of obsessed with uh, white women. And it's always like, white women in particular. Ideally, Asian guys should be open to dating everyone. Oh, but I, I do uh, think absolutely. we do have to focus on white women because there is something very particular about this. That is not the same as an Asian guy who wants to date black women or you know Latina women or Indian women. Right. I think that's a whole totally different thing. This is its own kind of issue. It is. It is, definitely. So, I mean, I think there is a small segment that are sort of obsessed with it but uh i don't i don't I, you know i really don't think it's nearly as prevalent um as the other way around i just don't yeah what do you think philip what, what do you mean by prevalent mark like are you saying like it, it being spoken about or like even thought about because i think there's a lot of people who think about it but they can't really talk about it right because it becomes like this tricky issue around dating right true but I, I just think in it. general right even the ones who just think about it i just don't think at least Asian men I've known or for myself, like I just don't think there's nearly as many uh, Asian men who just have this desire to only date white women like 
there seems to be a, a percentage of Asian women who only want to date white men. I just don't think there is. I don't think it's a comparable phenomenon. Yeah, uh, let's start with maybe providing just a description of maybe what's happening online, because I think one of the popular counter arguments that you hear from a lot of Asian women when online, especially Asian men talk about uh, interracial dis- uh, dating disparities, uh, they'll say, well, you Asian guys, either you over idealize white women, or if you had the chance, you would be doing what we'd be doing, right? That seems chance, to be right. the, the thing. And, and I think we see this, a, we see this um, come into focus when someone like like, I don't want to, like, focus on individuals here, but when, like, Heather Johnson Yu from Next Shark posts something and all the all the Asian guys are like, yeah, you know, you're, you're, our, you're our hero and all that, I think that that's something that a lot of Asian women point to and say, now, now you're pretty much doing exactly what you accuse us of doing. Right. But how much of that is it about uh, Heather Johnson Yu, whoever, being a white woman versus the fact that Asian men get defended at all by women? Yeah. Right. So I, I yeah, think both sides. Right. Yeah, I think both sides are coming at it from their own angles. Yeah, and and like I've been thinking about this um, because I'm personally in a long term relationship with a white woman, and I try to figure out like how much of my thinking around it, my behavior, has to do with like race in terms of what I think about my partner, and how much of it has to do with this like the exceptionalness exceptionalness of our relationship, right? Because it is mm-hmm. uncommon. And I think one thing that's actually worthy to bring up as context before we dive even more into this is the statistics around this, right? Um, especially on, on the in the online spaces where Asian guys are a bit more kind of uh, unhinged about how they speak about interracial dating and disparities. Some of the research, I think like there's a 2014, don't quote me on this, I don't know the exact uh, article, but we should dig it up and put it in the notes. But, you know, it, it talks about this, you know, as always, it's like large disparity between how Asian men and Asian women date, Asian women date out at a kind of a large disproportionate rate. But if you look at the numbers for Asian men and how often they date out, as in like they date white women or black women or women who are not uh, Asian, basically, it's kind of in line with other racial groups dating out exactly right. yeah right yeah right. that is to say it's it's not super rare i mean no, oh, sorry no. so let, let me let me let me uh qualify that a little bit it is super rare because interracial dating is pretty rare compared to yeah especially for within, minority men right but it's not exceptionally prevalent like asian women dating white men in the same way right yeah. it's kind of in line right. with a- other interracial groups right or put another way asian men aren't it's not exceptionally rare for asian men compared to other minority men mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. they're all exactly. sort of in line with each other right yeah, so the the unique situation that asian men face is not that well white women won't date them less than other minority men it's that the gap between how much white women date asian men is so much less than how much white men date asian women right. and no other race uh, racial minority in america has that disparity right okay i think well uh, what we can move on to is i i just want to get your own guys' personal stories. I think one thing that is really important to talk about and just reflect uh, as Asian guys is think about when we were younger, like who were the first girls like in grade school that we had crushes on uh, in high school and in college? Who were we trying to pursue? And just really reflect on that and just examine that. Because um, I think a lot of Asian guys online, they, they like to act like they're these like noble warriors or like defending <laughs> the the... The, you know their you know ethnicity and stuff, but I right. think if there if a lot of us are honest, I think we would say there were times when you know like I can relate to like a, like an if like an Asian girl feels pressure to go go with the flow and do what's popular. I know what that feels like because I think I've been through that. 
So I just wanted to uh, see if you guys also share that feeling. So Mark, why don't we start with you? Because yeah, yeah, you you kind of have a special case because you were adopted, you were raised by white parents and everything. Yeah, it's um, you know, I don't want to say I'm necessarily special or anything, but uh, it was a little different for me. Yeah, you know, I grew up in a a very white part of America. Um, I think uh, the town I grew up in in um, in you know in, in the suburb just north of New York City. This the town was pretty white, and I had white parents. Uh, so, you know, all the girls that I directly knew, uh, in school were, were mainly white. You know, my first girlfriend was white. Yeah. You know, I liked some girls in college that were white. So that, that was just sort of my environment. I, I want to be honest and say, I don't think I had like a prejudice against any other type of woman, women. It was just the, really the only women in my immediate orbit. See, I'm really curious. What, what, like, do you remember like the first time you started liking an Asian girl? And and like what? When did that happen? Yeah, I I think it was probably like in college because that was really the the first time where there were a ton of people just from other races and backgrounds. You know, as I started to socialize more in my fraternity and all that stuff, um, there were just more Asian women around. Did you um, and did you feel weird maybe? Um, because like yeah, I mean yeah, there was a little bit of weirdness just because I just wasn't familiar with it like like you probably inside you feel white because that that's how you were raised but you know that yeah yeah on the yeah, outside yeah. you you look asian and then absolutely absolutely so there's that a little bit of confusion right that that, that might be a little bit more unique for me because i was um raised in a white family did, did um, you feel any conflict um a little bit you know a little bit because you know you go through that uh period in life where you're like you're trying to you're a little bit of you know you're a little bit colorblind or you think that you know, race doesn't matter and we, you should try to not let that affect you. But I think as you, or at least for me, as I just live more, you realize it does matter and it does affect your interactions. And so in the, in the realm of dating, how did you, did that manifest itself in some way? Yeah, because I, um, I had a harder time and I could feel the sort of, and I saw even online, right? With the messages you see and the, the sort of prejudices you see against Asian men, it sort of affected me because I, I didn't really have a lot of success until, you know, much later uh, in my adult life. So it, it really got into my head. Because like the, the whole adoptee thing is the biggest test for this idea that this is all really about culture. Because a lot of the kind of like apologist argument is, well, like certain people uh, aren't like properly Americanized, like especially with Asian guys. There's this there's this like this myth that we're somehow still stuck back in like the like the Qin Dynasty or something. Right. <laughs> and that's why and that's why there's a barrier. But if you're an adoptee, you are by all metrics white except for appearance. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But I mean, if you go through the same thing, that totally devastates that kind of feel good theory that yeah. Absolutely, because you know, I was thinking in my mind, I'm like, I'm not like any of those people. Right. I'm like, I, I never thought that any of my Asian American friends I grew up with just, you know, and lo- getting to know them sort of came from these Confucian sort of patriarchal <laughs> families. Right. Not any more than not any more than any other family. Right. And so I was like, first of all, I know that that's not true. And then second of all, you know, I'm as you were saying, Oxford, like I'm basically white by culture. And I think if people you know, and I've had this later on in my life, like looking at uh, interviewing for jobs and stuff. And I have a very, very white sounding name. You know, people, they just assume I'm white. Until you step in the door. <laughs> and, but until I uh, yeah, until I step into the room, right? Until they meet me in person. So I'm like, well, I'm culturally white, but I look Asian. So like, I'm like, well, then 
that whole argument of like we come from this patriarchal thing and like I'm going to be that kind of guy that just falls apart. So it was it took me a while to sort of just realize that you know what that, that this is sort of a reality and I'm going to have to just deal with it by you know just going after the girls I like anyway and if it doesn't work out then it doesn't work out and you know just all the things that you got to learn as as a man uh and dating anyway. Sure. Uh well, what about you, Philip? How did you... You grew up in Toronto? That's right, in Toronto. Oh, yeah. So what, what what was it like there? What were the demographics? And just like, just yeah. like your romantic memories of what, what were the yeah, first... Yeah, so... Uh, way back. Um, so I grew up in, in this part of Toronto that was kind of... Um, I don't know how to describe it, like a lower income part of Toronto called Rexdale. And in this, in this particular area, we were like the only Asian family, East Asian family really? for miles. Yeah, so oh, wow. this area okay. was predominantly uh, black and South Asian. I think there were a lot of Sikhs and, and Hindu uh, uh, families living out there. And a lot of folks, um, I think a lot of um, Somalis and I think a lot of people who were from uh, the West Indies who immigrated into Toronto like in the, I want to say, 70s and 80s. And so I think that like, yeah, we, we just like, I we weren't really around Asian people at all. I didn't really see Asian women or girls, I guess, at the time for the longest time until I actually started going to school in another part of the city, which was um, a bit more racially diverse. Um, this is around like middle school, right? So like sixth grade when I had my first real big crush on a girl and it was actually a Korean girl. Uh, and, and it's weird because it's like, Korean I guess, pride, yeah, <laughs> yeah it, was, it was strange because like, I think that like I wasn't exposed to necessarily a ton of Asian media because that's the other aspect too. Even if you grow up in a predominantly white place, but you're seeking out culture or like media like tv and stuff or you watch movies or whatever from your place you may see this and you're like okay these people look like me there's like an aesthetic kind of understanding that you may like like i don't know i, I don't know exactly what it is but those aspects apply too but here for the first time i guess i like and also like in puberty or whatever <laughs> um you know i i <laughs> meet this girl and i'm like i have this big crush on her it kind of lasts uh well into high school as well because we a bunch of us moved on to the same high school but that was the the first big crush, and I and it's it's interesting because like since then like the the women I've like have been involved with or had interest in up until my current partner were largely white. I think I I, I don't know if that's like exposure again, just being in the largely non Asian part of Toronto. The, this the school I went to afterwards after the the neighborhood I grew up in was way more white actually than the other neighborhood. Right, it was also a lot wealthier as well. Um, like I grew up kind of pretty close to subsidized housing in Toronto. So, you know, very different mixture of, of folks up there than uh, down in, in that part of Toronto where I, I you know, started meeting, it, like, you know, kind of, kind of like reach my adolescence. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and that like, sense. again, like I, I don't, I can't, and I think most guys can't really define exactly what sets your preferences. Like the culture thing, I see why they made that argument because there are links to the kind of... Um, TV and stuff you absorb, right? And I think getting back to this topic of um, Asian men and their kind of thoughts and perception of white women, you can see why like mainstream Hollywood media would make you believe that, you know, the blonde haired, blue eyed goddess is, is the one true way, right? Especially if you're not exposed to anything else um, or exposed to a lot less of something else in America or Canada where it's, you know, can be very assimilationist, right? So, yeah, I just want to jump in there. I think that's true. I think when we say Hollywood and the media, we always just think of movies, but it's so much mm-hmm. more than that. Because you know, like, when do you really start watching movies Yo, when you're yeah. a little older? But I mean, think of like the first storybooks you ever read. Think of like the, all the fairy tales uh, that you that you uh, that hear, like say like 
like Sleeping Beauty. What race is Sleeping Beauty? She's not Asian. <laughs> she's not black. She's right. white. I mean, right, right. they explicitly say she has like flaxen hair or something. So yeah, I, I think when we say media, uh, what we really mean is just like every piece of cultural artifact that you ever remember. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, this is, I don't want to get too much into the whole like white men, Asian women thing, because I know we're, that's not the topic here. But there was this story that I heard online, um, I think on Reddit or somewhere, someone just sharing a, a, a story that they had where um, there was this uh, Asian mom with a daughter, um, I think fully, fully Asian daughter grew up in America and at the age of like four or five or something, the the mother the mother started noticing that the daughter was drawing a lot of pictures of like herself, like this girl with like dark hair with crayons or whatever. And uh often with a, a guy, like a prince, right? And the prince would always have like yellow hair or blonde hair. So he was like a white guy. And the the mom was just like she just approached her daughter and asked, like, oh like, um, you know, what's what's this? The daughter would say, This is a picture of me with a prince. And um, the mom says, oh, like, why, why do all the princes, because there's a whole bunch of drawings, why did all the princes have, like, yellow hair? Um, like, aren't there some princes with black hair? And the daughter was just like, no, like, that's just how princes are. They yeah. always have... Only the peasants have black hair. <laughs> yeah, I, they, only have, they only have blonde hair, right? And, and I, you know, you can see, like, she grew up with Disney, so maybe there is this aspect of that. Uh, I, it's not entirely true. Like, there's still some of the Disney princes that do have dark hair, but they're never Asian. They yeah. do. I was going to say, I think Prince yeah, Charming. yeah. Um, I had this weird experience, actually. I was um, at a, what was it, like an engagement party or something. And uh, someone someone who had a kid brought their little girl who uh, was just like, you know, really energetic young girl who was just like playing games and like going on with their imagination. All the adults were, including me, were sitting around her. And she wanted to like play princess. And uh, for some reason, she like, like went around and like suggested that I could be the prince. <laughs> Oh, right. you're moving, and Philip's moving up in the world. Yeah, he went from peasant to prince. Yeah, That's and right. we were just playing along with it. And one, one interesting thing was that this my, this friend of mine that was at this engagement party too uh, said, "Oh, like Philip can be like Prince Eric, right?" And I was like, "Oh, like from uh, Little Mermaid," because he actually doesn't indeed have black hair. And when I, and I thought about that, I was like, "That that actually is exceedingly rare." And I think, and I know this is about Asian women, white men, but I think in the same way, Asian men who are growing up in America are exposed to largely white women as the princesses and the kind of um, love symbols or love interests in media, across media. Oh, yeah. When I was at elementary school, like, Bri- Britney Spears, oh, my God, that was... <laughs> yeah, no, totally. <laughs> that was... Yeah, that was everywhere. Actually, no, I... Actually, who I... I really like Jennifer Love Hewitt. That was... She was everywhere. Uh, oh, my I God, me too. Did, I didn't get... But she's, she's a brunette. Yeah, yeah. Actually, like, I, I don't particularly have things for blondes. I think they're fine, but I know... I don't get why some people are so obsessed with them. Mm. So when I was like a like a little grade school kid, that was that was my celebrity crush. Right, but I think I think the thing here, right? Again, getting back to the topic is that idea of the blonde woman, the white blonde woman, is this kind of idealized thing, right? It's not so much about a particular individual who is literally blonde, but it's about the status symbol that comes with that. Exactly, it's about you feeling as though you are accepted, that you are good enough, uh, in a way that you're like better than um like your like white oppressors your white male oppressors <laughs> yeah uh yeah there's there's a lot <laughs> loaded to it and you see this happening with every other every minority group uh you look at black men and to like a like a lesser extent south asian men um right like, like it's been like a, a few movies have come out that have really highlighted it um but I, I don't think it's like some huge disparity but that sentiment is there and i do think it is with with uh, Asian guys too. Oh, I guess I could tell my mm-hmm. story. 
So yeah, yeah like in elementary school, maybe even high school. I never really, because um, I'm from Vancouver, and and basically in Vancouver, everyone is. I'm surrounded by Canadians. <laughs> everyone is, is either white or Asian, where I was from. So, like when you're like growing up, it, it's you like someone who's white, you like someone who's Asian. It like flips back and forth, who, whoever it is. Mm. I mean, just like to give an example, from fourth grade to sixth grade, I this is like. This like torturous, unrequited crush on this Chinese girl. <laughs> I don't want to say her name because you know, we're actually like Facebook friends and everything. But I, was, I call her Jay, and you know, it was so bad because I like she did not like me back, and I kept liking her. And I remember every summer, I'm like, okay, this is this is the summer where I get over it. And I'm like, I think I'm over it. <laughs> you come back to school, you see her. It's like, oh, but God. you know, you, you uh, come back to school and you see yeah. her. And, and actually, like, though, how I got yeah. over her was a new girl came in sixth grade, and oh. she was from Newfoundland. Newfoundland likes. Do you guys know where Newfoundland is in Canada? My yes. uh, my my uh, partner's actually like her family's from. Newfoundland. Oh really? Okay, yeah. so Newfoundland's way out on the east coast, like yeah. pretty much like jutting out into the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. She came from there. She was a twist. Yeah, twist. It's actually Philip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I seriously doubt that. Just kidding. Um, it's not. But Just uh, kidding. yeah, anyway, she was white, and then like I liked her. She liked me back, and like finally helped me get over this this one hmm. who was. Yeah, who's now like engaged to some guy who looks like like some like Hong Kong model or something, as as befitting her. <laughs> so you're doppelganger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's like like race was never something that really, in terms of liking people, that I was conscious of until maybe later on. I also went to an all boys school, so I was like cut off from all girls from ninth grade <laughs> onward. Until God, I man. actually, I, I, as I told you, Mark, in our last podcast, I stumbled onto a girlfriend. Um, in, right. in 12th grade, who's actually uh, Hapa, so that that was even more confusing. If I'm like, oh, if I'm wow, like trying to okay. figure out where oh, my preferences are or whatever, but the, I think the thing didn't really uh, start until college. I think college, you're out on your own, and you just kind of fall into this lava pit of like race and sex and just socialization and all that, and like class, everything. Yeah. And yeah. then you, and then like all the things in you. I guess, like, there were some guys who, like, joke, like, Asian guys in high school would joke around, oh, yeah, like, I'm Asian, so I can't get a white girl. And I'd be like, fuck these guys, you're just morons. Like, they don't, they don't get it. Like, if you just, if you just, like, yourself and you're a little confident, everything will work out. <laughs> uh, then you get to college and you realize, you know what, maybe, maybe it's not like that. And, and uh, I think what really happened to me there is, is the more trouble you have, the more you kind of want to prove to everyone that I'm, I'm, like, this is really, like, I hate admitting this, but there, I, I started, the, the worse I did in college, the more I wanted to, like, either, like, hook up or have, like, a hot white girlfriend so that then I could show everyone that I'm not, like, one of these loser guys. Wait, up. so you said the worst you do in college. Also, yeah, like, the, like, the mo- like, like, when your, your grades were dropping? Or no, like no, 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 I mean, like, 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 uh, like, like, dating slash sex. Oh, I see, I see, okay. And, you know, I regret to say there were, you know, like, Asian, Indian, black, mm-hmm. like all these girls that that I could have tried to make something happen, but I was like kind of like holding out or something. I was like, yeah. oh, and you know, it's that was, the, yeah, that's like, that, yeah, it's not a, not a proud moment, but yeah, and it, it just, and um, actually, uh, things changed though when I went to Korea for a couple of years after graduation, and that was like the the big switch moment for me, because before. You know, I'd liked Asian girls and all that, but in terms of just your social consciousness, they're not, uh, except for the ones you know in your personal life, they don't exist in like popular culture, really. At least, especially at that time. There's like mm-hmm. Lucy, Lucy Liu and, and I don't know, that, that 
Margaret Cho had her show in yeah, the 90s. Yeah, but like Margaret Cho is not really, you know, like a sex symbol, right? Um, sure, yeah. but I'm just saying. Hard pass for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think we all can uh, say that. No offense to Margaret Cho. She does have some funny bits, mm-hmm. like the Asian chicken salad thing. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> but um, yeah, but when I went to Korea, now you're only surrounded by Asian women, right. in particular Korean women. Right. And you see them as like funny girls. You see them as like, like I don't know, like femme fatales. You see them mm-hmm. as like the... Like the I don't know, like like the stereotypical like heroine of a K drama, like the hardworking, cute girl, whatever. Right. You see them in so many different ways, and they become much more human to you. Uh, so I think that was my my big turning point. So so hold on, are you saying that by them being humanized, by your exposure to them, like in your mind, they become more attractive as well? For sure, yeah, for sure. Right, and then they kind of like you know knock that idealized white woman from their throne, in some ways, right? Yeah. Or at least they become their equal. Ideally, in fact, they they, equal, right? like you don't even think about any other anymore because like that's mm-hmm. all you're surrounded with, right? Mm-hmm. And but how how much of that is about exposure? And how much of that is still about how they're kind of presented to us in the media, be it the Western media or, or Eastern media? Because let let me suggest that like you were to go move to India and were exposed to South Asian women for a year or two, right? Do you think that there would still be that same effect, or you think the stereotypes? And the things you see in, in television, on you read online, etc., would change that perception of that particular race. Wait, are you asking if I were say in India, would Western images of Indian women still affect me while I was in India? Uh, no, when you like, let's say you come back, right? Do, oh, yeah. No, I I think once you kind of get that exposure, I don't think it's easily wiped out. Because mm-hmm. I came back to the U.S. and I wasn't quite sure like what because I thought that I'd undergone this great personal ref- like, revelation there yeah. and i was kind of afraid of losing it once i get back to us and like oh no I'm, I'm going back to my college self and i don't want that to happen and it doesn't happen i do think it fundamentally rewires you in, okay. in a better way okay do you think that happens to asian women as well who go back to asia see that's the thing i don't think see this uh i've always thought that it like asian guys aren't any more woke like naturally more woke mm-hmm. than than Asian women because a lot of Asian guys they, they they have this bullshit theory about how like men are the defenders of their of their like race or whatever. But look yeah, at like nonsense. black guys like come <laughs> on that's total bullshit. Mm-hmm. What it's all about just opportunity. Do you have the opportunity to gain access to whiteness? And if you do, chances are you'll take it. So I think what the big difference is between Asian men and women is that women have more of those opportunities. So I think like if I were an Asian woman, I think sometime in college. I would have found like a like a white boyfriend or whatever, and that would have been like game over. There would have been no real. I would have not gone to Korea. I probably would have, you know, had a decent social life from then on. And I think that's mm-hmm. the difference. And in some ways, I think Asian guys have that advantage in that that moment happens early enough, where we're still young enough, where we can you know kind of appreciate our our differences more. And I think that's kind of why a lot of Asian guys. Like I know some you know popular, good-looking guys. They could have mm-hmm. really had any type of woman they wanted, but a lot of them tended to stick to their own ethnicity. And I think that's probably because from some early age, they were kind of like forced to appreciate, like see their own like group's worth. And I, I, I think that's going to be a good thing because it's, I think eventually that's going to have to happen. And it's better it happens when you're like early 20s than when you're like early 30s, when you might already be married and have a family. Because then you, you don't really have a lot of 
pivots left when you're that committed to a certain path. Right, right, right. But that's a tricky thing, right, to to imagine. I mean, it's a tricky thing in general to talk about like marriage and like the, you know, the perfect soulmate, which is a thing that is like hard to actually rationalize as real. Um, and so tying race to that compli- complicates it more, I think, to some extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that's an interesting point, Philip, because, you know, I my first girlfriend was white. This was think, in college? Um, you guys, no, in oh, okay. high school. Did you say you didn't have a girlfriend in high school? Yeah, I missed Oh, I okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was listening to that podcast and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I did. And then um, it's interesting. I, just, I feel like... Um, I do agree with you, Oxford. I don't think Asian men have some sort of uh, inherent <laughs> defender of their race or stronger connection to their race than um, Asian women do. And I do feel that certain Asian men, if they can get that entree into assimilation or, or, or get a closeness to whiteness, um, many or most would take it. But yeah, you know, for me, I don't know. I, it, I've just always felt a, 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 I felt drawn to Asian women. Um, since since maybe because i'm i mean i, I just want to get a well, i mean since college and then just as i was an adult out of college dating uh i i've ha- i've never had a girlfriend that wasn't asian and i think part of it it might be because i've dated a, a few adoptee women uh and you know that that shared um experience uh and uh, a connection through that and then i think also just i feel more comfortable culturally even though I grew up white and American culturally, I, I've made an effort to, to get closer to my Korean and Asian side. And that's a really big part of who I am now that I feel drawn to other Asian people. But let me ask you, let, let me ask you guys this. I think you hear that like longing for connection much more from the Asian male side than from the Asian female side. Actually, I might have answered this already yeah. before because I said that a lot of Asian women never get a chance to develop or get to learn why that is important because they kind of get accepted into whiteness, at least partially from an earlier age. But I mean, unless you guys agree with that, do you guys think there's any other reason why maybe the, the men feel this way more than more than the women sometimes? It could be that necessity, like you yeah. said, right? I mean, does, it, does it just come uh, to that? It's not as nearly as easy for Asian men to get accepted into that. Uh, whiteness via dating as Asian women do. They just don't have that opportunity. So through necessity, they need to connect with the other side. What do you think, Philip? Oof, it's tough, right? Because I think there's still, I mean, if you look at this kind of general challenge that Asian men have in dating, period, regardless of race, right? And and like that, and that's the whole impetus for this particular series of the podcast is that it's challenging. We want to talk about it, right? If you take a look at that, then you can see why they're easily trapped because they are they feel like because because at least the optics of it is that they see a lot of women who look like them who may be expected to to like them romantically going instead for white men and then they feel like okay i'm backed i'm backed up maybe i gotta start seeing like being interested in women of, of other races aside from my own but they also have challenges dating there as well because of all these racist images of asian men that have been learned by white women and other women that they may feel like they're trapped and they have, they have nowhere to go. That's kind of the ultimate insult. As as uh, discriminatory and mocking as Asian women are to you, they are still the most accepting of you. So you're kind of trapped. Yeah, as you said, you're trapped. You have to mm-hmm. take it. Because like you, can, you, you can't really opt out because like, the, the other women are even worse. <laughs> but I don't know if they're, like, they're potentially worse, but it's just tough all around, right? And it feels like there's this, there's this like, non-acceptance of you for your race and gender. 
Um, and that's super hard. Like, I, I would say, like, in college, for example, when I, I didn't think I was, that I, I felt like I was invisible. The thing that irritated me is that I could always go into, like, an Asian social space. Mm-hmm. And then you start getting attention there. On one hand, you, you, like, you can never be angry that people like you, right? Right. But on the, like, you're not angry at them, but you're just angry that why... I'm the exact same person. I look the same. I dress the same. My attitude's the same. Yeah. And and like a lot of these people, they're not. They're not like. They're not from a different world. They're not even necessarily like you know total fobs or anything. They're mm-hmm. m- maybe Asian American. Sure. Yeah. We all grew up in the same place. Why? Why is it so different? Yeah. And that that was something that really ticked me off. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I actually that on the on the note of um, fobs, you know, versus Asian Americans, I think there's an interesting point here, right? Because and I'm speaking from my own experience as an Asian Canadian, right, who grew up in a largely westernized culture, is that when I think about Asian women and, you know, the ones that are attracted to me, I find the westernized ones more attractive than the ones who are, like, I don't want to use the term fobs, but, like, from, like, second gen or from, uh, from uh, the, I don't know what, the mainland, um, from Asia, right? They're actually from Asia. And a lot of that has to do with, like, the aesthetics of them, like, the way they dress, the way they uh, present themselves, you know, even just down to like makeup and stuff, right? And so that's that's definitely related, right, to why a- Asian men, including myself, might be attracted to to white women too, is because you do grow up kind of culturalized to still prefer what the Western lens tells you is preferable, right, and what you're exposed to to some extent too. It, I think that's in, that's related. So this next part, I want to talk more about. I don't know if culpability is the right word, but just kind of like this. Maybe way that Asian guys may take Asian girls for granted. Because I've, I've heard stories where, where Asian girls will say, especially like in elementary school, like the Asian guys never really paid attention to me. Maybe they either chased after other girls or maybe just like the hottest of the Asian girls. And then like 10 or 15 years later, then they get upset at them mm-hmm. for not having been with being with an Asian guy. And they're like, well, you never liked me. And, and most of the other Asian guys didn't either. Right. Um, and then we uh, like, my my own story, like when I was like in elementary school, like I like I idealized Jennifer Love Hewitt, not Lucy Liu, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember this. Uh, it was in sixth grade. I remember this one. Um, I was with a couple of friends of mine. One was a white guy, and one was a was a Chinese guy. And then uh, the white guy was was saying like, "Oh, I don't like white girls. I love like black girls and Latinas and Asians." And I remember both my Chinese friend and I. We were both like, oh, "Like, why Asian girls?" Because to us, like Asian <laughs> girls at that time were. Like, like the kind of like dorky girls in like the big sweaters who wore glasses and were really good at math. That was like most of the, the Asian girls we knew in a, in our school. Yeah. So the idea of them, like, we didn't have like a, like a Jennifer Lopez or like a Janet Jackson type to like have as our ideal. So I think if you're, especially in kind of like our age group, kind of like older millennials, if you were an Asian girl and you grew up in that environment, um, I, I think you might feel a little dissed by Asian guys. And then now that, now that they seem to, be have a more social status than us they might be thinking well why should i give a fuck what you think right because uh back then you know you didn't really care about us mark, mark did you experience this growing up at all um from the from i the guess asian not women? growing up right because uh, you're saying you didn't really meet a lot of asian women and hear these kind of annoyances until college well and i've never really heard that particular annoyance uh, i think i probably read about it online but i haven't really personally seen it or 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 heard it um I, i've seen it from the other way around yeah because it's uh, <laughs> of guys sort of being annoyed yeah like when 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 oxford was describing like oh like we're like why why do you like asian girls they're like wearing you know big ugly sweaters are kind of nerdy that sounds like what we hear 
as a, like as descriptions of us. No, exactly. Like right? we did exactly. the exact same thing yeah. to yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it just it just <laughs> seems like um, it seems like just what happens with boys and girls. <laughs> you know, I think uh, I. I there might be some unique aspects because of the uh, unique disparity between Asian women and, and Asian male uh, dating experiences in America. But I think this stuff happens just in everyday life. Okay. Let, let me ask you guys a question. This is not a rhetorical question. This is a genuine question. Okay. Do you think Asian guys do enough to appreciate Asian women? Like publicly, especially publicly. What What do you mean by appreciate? Like when you say publicly, like do I, sh- you know, like what's public nowadays? Right? I mean, do I, I share just a little pictures of me with hanging out with Asian women who are friends or whatever online. Like, what is what does public mean? Just like somehow make them feel more special than other groups of women. Okay. Uh, you know, what, like you, like think of like a really cheesy R and B song where like like the black guys talking about like. Like brown sugar and all kind of thing. I don't yeah. mean that, oh, yeah. but like, um, kind of, like something like that. Man, what do Asian rappers rap about? Uh, do they rap about Asian women or do well, they? I I watch some of like dumbfounded's videos. I think yeah. a lot of them have Asian women in it. Okay, that's okay. why I said. Oh he yeah he only has like Asian women in it. That's why I asked it rhetorically because yeah. I do think if you look at something like that or like Wang Fu or you look at a lot of the Asian male celebrities, like yeah. Far East I do movement, think they like they show love for the Asian women. And also, it is a hell of a lot more than like the the kind of like more public, famous Asian women show for Asian men. I do think it's, that's it true. is one sided. I will agree with you there. It is one sided, but I I don't like that's that's the media, right? That's even if it's new YouTube media, it's still the media. And so I think there's a difference between that and what Asian women grow up experiencing from their male friends and counterparts, mm-hmm. right? Right, in their direct. In their direct yeah, personal right. lives. So I guess another way of putting this is if you were an Asian girl and you like, and let's say like you're, you're, you're only interested in Asian guys, what are you thinking? Are you thinking that he like, he's dating me and like other Asian girls because he could, he, we are genuinely his top choice or he's with us because he can't get white girls? Because I will have, okay, th- this is terrible. An Asian female friend of mine, mm-hmm. and this is a, this is a girl who only dates Asian guys. Okay, told me that one of our mutual friends, who's who's also an Asian guy, told her that he dates Asian girls because white girls are, are too hard to get and too much work. Okay. Like what the fuck, dude? That is oh, yeah, that's, that's so horrible to say. That's so, so that's, bad. Uh, that's uh, I, I will I will say, and I, I think I'm pretty confident in, in saying this that that is a un- not unique, but that is a very fringe viewpoint for i would agree i I don't think i really don't think uh the vast majority of asian men think that way even consciously or subconsciously i i I just don't think that they they do but do you think the asian women get that sense i can see that they might feel that way see them feeling that way and that's as legitimate as it actually being told to them in their face which is i think is disgusting right but but i i don't know how prevalent that is because at least amongst my own personal experiences with Asian friends, male friends, I haven't, I've never heard of that before because it sounds, I mean, first of all, like if it were. Well, the thing is you never say that out loud because you're Exactly, because you're not a stupid. My, my, that friend of mine was a sure. fucking yeah. moron. Why would you say that? I mean, first of all, you right. shouldn't even think that. Yeah. That's horrible. But if you did, don't tell yeah. anyone, especially an Asian don't woman. Don't tell don't anybody. Tell but you would think, you would think though that Asian women shouldn't say similar things. They do. But yes, they do. That's true. Yeah. Well, they also have, they also can get away with it a lot more. Right. Yeah. Well, I know that, but I'm just saying that it, it it's just as, as heinous, but they do say it. And like, I, I personally, like, you know, I was, you know, 
I, when I was younger, uh, you know, I picked up this girl at the bar and then we went out on a date, uh, you know, a couple of days later. And she said at the, at this date, I was like, she, she told me I'm, I was the first Asian dude she'd ever been on a date. And with. she was Asian. Yeah. And she was Asian. Yeah. And she wasn't, you know, it's not like she was much older and, but she wasn't like super young. Right. And she was probably like 25, 26. I'm like, that's, and, and, and I didn't know how to take it. Right. How do you take that? Be like, uh, thank you. I guess. I, I, I don't know. Like, should I feel like honored? that you chose me like that oh like you know th- thank you for deigning to date my race when you're of the same race like fuck you yeah <laughs> it's yeah so it's just weird you know i mean yeah it, your friend saying that was both stupid and heinous and right. wrong but you, you you still feel mark like it's a it's a rare kind of sentiment it's a i really think it's a rare attitude to have as i said consciously or subconsciously yeah. like i like i totally believe there's there's tons of asian men who pedestalize and, and worship white women i think that's true but i don't like to take the to take the extra step and say I, i'm i'm kind of like gonna only date asian or i'm gonna date asian women or pursue asian women because i prefer but can't get white women that's an extra step that's an like an extra mental step of oh, oh no that's isn't that just the natural outcome in which you i mean i could say i wanna date like a movie star obviously probably not gonna happen yeah. So naturally, I will date a normal person. No, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a part time model instead of <laughs> dating a movie star. Right, so, right. Not quite true. So like you you don't. I'll, I'll take an insta famous model <laughs> instead of an actual one. So you don't vocalize it. Uh, you may not even be conscious of it, but but in effect, that's what ha- that's what's happening, right? Because you are not getting your ideal, so you just keep moving down until you meet your level. And what I'm wondering is. Can Asian women sense that? And I think they can. I think they can sense it. Yeah. I think they can sense it. And I think yeah. I think that's yeah, what maybe, maybe yeah. drives some of the resentment against Asian guys. Where you only consider us at best a silver medal. Yet hmm. you want us to give up all these other opportunities uh, to be with you. When we have no guarantee that if you suddenly became popular. And, you know, I do think, you know, like Asian guys are getting more popular. There's no guarantee we have that if you start getting more popular that you're going to stay with us. And if we look at other minority men, they're, they're, all, they're all the same. So why, why should we you know, like handicap ourselves? Uh, let's, okay, let's, let's generalize this a little bit, right? Because I know we've had a conversation amongst the Plan A crew before about how there are tons of other men of color who, once they reach a certain level of status, they date white women. Yeah, I mean, like, black men are most notorious for that, yeah. Cause right. Like, like black men, um, there, there's like a they have very high visibility in a ver- in some uh, some key industries like sports and, uh-huh. and music. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you you know all about their private lives, right? Uh, and yeah, there is a big tendency for them to be with white women, right? So I so again, like I don't know if it's if this issue that we're discussing here of worshiping white women is unique to Asian men. Maybe it's just like the interracial oh, it's definitely dating. it's definitely not unique at all. Oh, it's that's not kind unique, of the problem. Yeah. yeah. That's why, like, the Asian women may have no... They That's the reason they have for not trusting us. Because they've seen right. what happens to other types of guys. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's fair. Well, yeah. Right. And that highlights the, the central issue that's um, that we share, right? Asian men and Asian women. This sort of um, desire to whiteness. This is the same Yeah, and it's crazy because that whiteness is causing this kind of chasm between how we interrelate with each other, right? At least, I mean, more so... Uh, Asian Americans, like men and women, more I think more than people who are um, from Asia, but but it, it's definitely caused this kind of rift, especially online. 
right? Because we, because interracial dating is a thing that we want to talk about sometimes, but are not allowed in certain platforms, right? It's basically the dividing issue. Yeah. Um, it is yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you think yeah. about like every different group has, like, if you look at America, what's like the big dividing issue? Maybe like economics or like more cultural. I guess lately, if you look at Korea, it's like North Korea. That's what defi- defines the you know two big. Mm-hmm. side if you look at asian america it's really about wmaf let's be honest that's what that's what really divides everyone i mean you got like some extremists um who whatever but really that's kind of what determines your political outlook within the asian american context and and are we saying here that asian men who worship white women are kind of hypocrites when they call out wmaf i think so i think there's a i would largely say so i can kind of understand their reasoning because Okay, my reasoning is, okay, we have this disparity. What's the best way for Asian men to go forward? I think you have two options. You can either control Asian women's choices or you can expand Asian men's options. So the first is a non-option. First is a non-starter. That's just immoral. You can't do that. Yeah. So so the only other really option is uh, go outside more uh, of your race more. And I I think some of the more sane people who kind of like advocate like Asian guy white girl or, or any or any non-Asian girl couples, I think that's what they're getting at. And I, and I understand the logic of it. And I think mm-hmm. part of it, some of it makes sense. But if they say something like Asian men and white women, it's just like inherently superior because of things. I, I think that's a little self-serving. Yeah. And you do see that on in some online circles where they're like really call, like they're calling out like actual um, children of these parents and saying they're superior to the children. Yeah, the there's really parents. no proof. I mean, I think it's we can, insane. I think we can argue that there are a lot of problems with Hapa children just because like they're they're not well equipped by their parents to deal with race. I think you can say that, but you can't suddenly jump from that to saying that. Well, if they had an Asian father, they'd be better because there's really no proof. Yeah, of that. no, right there, right, and and that's where as an adoptee, I can understand that that plight, right? Even though, you know, typically I'm fully uh, Asian, you know, you're still between cultures, right? Uh, and that's where I can, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, empathize with that viewpoint, uh, and. And like you said, Oxford, like, I think it's rational to be like, okay, well, obviously we can't police or control what Asian women do uh, in terms of dating or, or anything, really. So uh, the only other option is to just open up your, your options and say, as an Asian man, and say, I'm going to try to date anybody and everybody uh, and not limit yourself. To me, that's not hypocritical, right? It becomes hypocritical when you try to elevate, you know, that Asian man, white woman pairing as better than the other you know, than the, the Asian woman, white man one. That's where it goes into the hypocrisy. Um, so, so I was going to say, if that's the case, is it also true that Asian women should not police white, sorry, Asian men who want to date outside their race? Wait, wait, what? Asian women should not police Asian men who want to date outside that's their right. race? That's right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, sure. that's just... Because there is some cattiness around that, right? Like, there is a little bit of cattiness. Yeah, that's just, uh, uh, to me, that's the most hypocritical. Uh, unless that, like, Asian woman is some, like, rabid Asian nationalist. If she exists. If, uh, if, exists. Right. Yeah, I mean, if she exists, okay, at least she's been consistent. But if she's, like, <laughs> live and let live when it comes to her tribe getting access to all sorts of men, but now you can, I mean, that's just, that's pure hypocrisy. Yeah. That's just pure tribalism. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, like, not that much more <laughs> needs to be said about that. I mean, they're protecting their own advantage. Right? Okay, so for the last part, I want to ask 
So I mentioned before that I do think like Asian guys are becoming more popular. It like it doesn't have the kind of it's like it's like a slow gradual erosion of the of the barriers. So let's hypothesize a future. Let's say like 10, 15 years in the future, like like BTS is the most popular <laughs> band in America. Um and and like like Asian guys are are like the new hot thing. Ethically, what should Asian guys act like in that environment? And so I mean maybe one thing we should say is like let's preface this by saying it's it's not an insane made up future, right? Like we are seeing no the, the rise in a lot of at least like in the new online media. Yeah, and I I don't know if it's because of dating apps or or like progress in culture or both, but yeah, in, in my dating life, I have seen I have gone on dates with like white girls, black girls, Latina girls who are they're not weebs in that they're creepy, like, weird people who expect me to be some, some like, like, Lehman Ho from Boys Over Flowers or something. Uh-huh. But, you know, they like Korean music or they like Korean dramas. And it's a, it's a thing that drew them to me. They saw me and they're like, oh, I, like, I, maybe he, like, reminds me of some guy from, from this or that. So, I, yeah, I've seen them, not, like, regularly, it's not, like, super common, but I've seen them enough that, it's I. It's a pattern. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this: Have you uh, been out with or dated a woman who had not really been exposed to any emerging Asian culture and still dated you? Oh yeah, yeah. My my ex girlfriend who was white. Uh huh. She told me like she was pretty. She like I was the first Asian guy that she really had feelings for. Like mainly because she didn't know many growing up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she was like very white. Like yeah. So <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, because there is a stereotype of this, like, weeb concept of someone who's, like, really deep into Asian culture, like, get, like, does all the anime, manga stuff, really into K-pop or whatever's hot now. And so I will say that if I get matched with a non-Asian woman on any of the dating apps, I think at least 50% of the time she has some connection to, like, Asian culture. Like, she, like, studied abroad there or she likes anime or she likes Korean dramas or something. It's it's not your smoldering uh, good looks and uh, your uh, your blue your yeah, blue but steel. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Mark. Like, if if you are exposed to that media, right, as 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 opposed to just straight white media, if you are, then you can actually perceive someone who is from Asia looks Asian as having those good looks. Yeah. Think about like the twenty plus years of white propaganda. That yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Because th- those things become these kind of like, and there's a ton of research around this, right? These like frameworks in your mind for what's considered attractive and acceptable. So anyway, back to my original question. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's say we live in that world. How should Asian guys act? The only thing I have to say about that is that we need to learn from the mistakes and from our experiences as Asian men that for me, the, um, the core thing that hurt, right, was seeing all of just the bashing from Asian women online and sometimes in person of Asian men, where it just was almost unsolicited, just like, you know, I hate them and all these bullshit excuses of why they yeah, don't like, like them. Yeah, it's like a, it's a mm-hmm. performance. It's a, it's a sig, it's a status signaler. Right. So for me, if if it, you know, in in the future where Asian men are going to be have a higher status in that dating social hierarchy. Is we can't repeat those mistakes, mm-hmm. right? We we can't just disparage Asian women for no reason, you know, as a group, as a whole, right? I mean, obviously, if there's a particular Asian woman that, that yeah. hurt you, uh, that could happen. But I'm saying just as a group of, you know, we can't just have on our dating profiles, no Asian women. They're disgusting. Can't do those things. We can't repeat the mistakes and, and the hurts that were done on us. What I think is yeah, really so important. Yeah, so I, I agree with the uh, the phrase. Don't repeat those mistakes. 
but I think that we should not repeat the mistakes of white men in that, oh, in that, that too, yes. coming into this sort of power of acceptance, right? Like sexual acceptance, we really can't fall into the same traps of misogyny that white men fall into. And like, I know people like, especially men online hate this term, like toxic mas- masculinity, right? But there is that aspect of being able to fall into that because suddenly you're appreciated a lot. And so you have power and access and you take advantage of it and you take women for granted. I think I right, and you can you can get yeah, away I, with behavior. I actually behavior. think that if if Asian yeah. men are liked more, they actually have more windows of opportunity to take women for granted and and treat them poorly, and not just Asian oh, women, sure. now yeah. other women of, of of other colors and white women and so on. So I think that like I I don't know, it's it's uh, it, it's hard to fathom because it's not the case right now. But if we do get to that point, I think we really have to think about like what does it mean? I don't mean to like be a gentleman, but to mm-hmm. be yeah, but but to be respectful with with the fact that these people actually care about you now right and that's if you see the contrast if you just kind of like come into adolescence and into the dating world at the time when asian men are more accepted you won't even notice it right you can very easily fall into that trap of just like you know boys will be boys girls will be girls and you can treat them a certain way and that's you know that's problematic but if you are at a certain age group and i think it's like people who are maybe slightly younger than us and you see that transformation where like when you were growing up in grade school, middle school, when we had the crushes we talked about and you weren't accepted, but then you get to college and you are because like this of this huge theoretical BTS surge or whatever, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Then maybe you should you should take that as um, not a privilege, but something that, that you should, I don't want to call it like a power you wield or whatever, like responsibly or whatever, but I think that like we should put more thought into how we treat women who, who suddenly now accept us, right? Because there was a point in time in history when it wasn't the case. Right? For like a hundred years, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, Philip knows his girlfriend's listening. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> <Yes>. right. <laughs> uh, a single guy like me, I can say whatever I want. <laughs> Actually, no. But no, Philip is right. My only worry is... See, I think the, the, the guys who benefit from this are like the guys who are going to be like born in like the year 2020. These like sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah. Sure. So they may yeah. not have... They may not know what it was like. Like we will know. Mm-hmm. And may, we might be in like 50s and we're like, wow, this is such a weird world. I mean, it's a great world that we now, now live in. But I think it'll depend on us uh, if we have kids or if we're like uncles or whatever. Yeah. To but- pass down that knowledge. Because I, I think Phil's point's right. I do think as Asian men, we do have this like all too close experience of what it was like to be marginalized. Mm-hmm. That if we were pulled from back from that brink, mm-hmm. we should try to salvage the good lessons from that. Yeah. And and not be like entitled fucks, right? And and mm-hmm. here's and here's the mm-hmm. thing too, like like this. You're talking about a situation where like stereotypes about Asian men are being erased, and therefore we're treated as sexual equals, right? And we have think of it as like a, I would I actually think of it as an opportunity to kind of paint a new canvas for how Asian men are viewed, right? As being more equitable than than uh, other men who may take advantage of women or treat them poorly, right? It's a unique opportunity, and it actually is quite real. Right, even if it's in 2020 when we're like all married and we don't, we're not in a dating market anymore. But it's, it's Yo, 2020 is not that far away. <laughs> and, okay, it's not. It's not. You should have picked her, dude. It's, you should have picked her. It's 2018, date, man. No, said all the guys born in 2020. <laughs> all right, 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 right. Oh uh, yeah, got it. So it'd be more like 2035 when they're like <laughs> fucking and dating and stuff like that. Oh my god. <laughs> god, like I'm already cringing to have the like birds and the bees conversation with my unborn son. If, if, if the world, <laughs> if the world still exists. If the Great Plague hasn't been yeah. released from the polar ice caps. Yeah. Well, I, also, actually, um, Mark, I mean, you bring up a good a good point, right? Because, like, maybe it'll be our kids 
right? The, this generation of older millennials, kids, Asian men's kids, who will be in this new world of being better accepted. If we have a son, the third generation, the, the, yeah, the, it's your fucking yeah. responsibility to teach them not to be an asshole to women. I'm fucking serious, right? Because think about how and much to not let our resentment. Sorry, go on. Color how we teach them. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a that's a really interesting thought experiment, right? Because it's it is there's this point in time where there's a change in in uh, perceptions, right? That that we shouldn't take for granted. Actually, no, I think that would be a, a great topic for a future podcast, like like hypothesizing ourselves as Asian dads to the third generation. <laughs> yeah, well, and especially for me because I didn't have one. I had a white dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like our dads were immigrants yeah. so that's a and that's yeah. a very interesting yeah. a lot, a lot yeah. of us had to kind of like i mean this was one of our to- one of our conversation points in our last podcast about asian guys and dating like we, we didn't really have the you know the the, the guide mm-hmm. the male mm-hmm. guide right yeah but we can be that yeah and that's that's something yeah. really cool big topic yeah okay it's getting kind of late uh we're approaching uh, a little over an hour uh, thanks for listening. That was Escape from Plan A. If you like us, please subscribe either on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find us at planamag.com. We write awesome articles. There's also Fuck Yeah Fridays, a great playlist mm-hmm. by our own John. So yeah, until later, goodbye. Eat your way, baby. I'm a doughy girl, You know it's better than